Yeah, I appreciate it. I've been doing some yoga and doing running and trying to get more mobility. Uh-huh. And um, I've, uh, I have chronic, like, I think it's stress related behind my shoulder blades, neck stuff. Okay. Get undressed, get under the sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. So I do have a disclaimer so you don't sue me. Uh-huh. If I hurt you, I'm not yeah. going to hurt you. But uh, Yeah, of course, you got to cover your ass. The views and opinions are not those of this establishment. Also, this establishment, including me, assumes no responsibility or liability for any loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of the massage or this establishment. Normally, I do it in my massage room. All right, so episode I don't even know right now. Not how many I can recover, and I have have on my table. Uh, my name is Jason Rouse and I'm going to try not to squeal like a, a young child uh, because uh, this is long overdue. <laughs> but oh, I can already feel where you're winding up. <laughs> it's like a shark circling a blood pool. You know exactly where everything's going through all the bones and the meat. Did you have to study like anatomy and skeletal thing. I don't know what the process is for this kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I did. I actually was going to school for physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So I've done done everything up to nursing school, basically. And then I did massage school. Mm. As uh, somebody who's with physical therapy, I'm going to mumble through my uh, seizures here. Um, to your interest, maybe, I have two plate and um, eight screws in my right elbow from a multiple compound fracture in the, I guess early 90s. I hyperextended my arm skateboarding and broke it in three places and pushed the bone to the back. That is awesome. So I ended up with a long, two long plates. Oh, Jesus. Two long plates uh, with four screws on each side and a bone that runs below the elbow on it. What's in two? Uh-huh, the radius and ulna. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really bad. And speaking of disclaimers, my poor mother had to come in and sign a waiver saying that uh, during surgery, if there was a, an issue because the damage was so severe, the x-ray looked like a truck had run over my arm at the elbow. And uh, where I'd fallen, and because of the puncture in the back of my arm, the lime dust from the recently paved or concreted underground parking area where we were skateboarding, there was lime dust. And if anybody knows, as I know now, gangrene. Oh, shit. Yeah. So there was a couple. It wasn't looking good. So before I went under, I'm like, fuck. I, I think I panicked. I had some sort of mild panic attack. Not only because of the pain, because I had something to eat. An hour, I drank some super big gulp an hour before the accident. I had to lay on a table. They weren't able to put me in the surgery, so I had to writhe in pain. Yep. On a table to wait for the things to go through my system so I wouldn't wake up vomiting everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. awful. It was not quite as painful as, oddly enough, as having four wisdom teeth extracted. Oh, don't say that. I'm supposed to get mine done. Uh, I've actually paid for it, and I have not made the appointment. That was like a year ago. I don't know what, because it, it was done in Canada, and... Oh, did I have to pay for that? I paid for dental you. It was, yeah, I, I, it was worse than my broken arm. <laughs> really? Yes. Did you get the dry socket? Did that um, one? I was so concerned about that, not only because it's, you can get gang poison in your jawbone, uh-huh. but the, um, um, one tooth was impacted. Ooh. So I had a, a a wisdom tooth in the back left, I think it was, um, that they had to saw in half and crank out like a old nail out of a board. It was terrible. And I don't know if it, they were skipping on the uh, painkiller dosage, but 
I was, I was, yeah, yeah, it was bad. See, all of that is like dirty talk to me. I'm that weird chick that when my patients come in and they're like, oh, I had surgery, I'm like, I want to see your scar. Oh, you can see the one down the back of my arm. There's, they actually, I went out skating and rebroke it, so they had to do two surgeries on it. Oh my gosh. How soon? Um, maybe a month after the surgery, I went out had fallen again on my cast. The doctor did a follow-up x-ray, and there was a big white, <laughs> a white line that had widened, and the only thing that was keeping it together was some pins in the back. Oh my gosh. And in my mind, you just kind of get a hammer and um, get a little tap. I'll put that back together, doctor. You know, I've seen some uh, medical uh, dramas. You can have an operation. Yeah, yeah, I can. That, that, no, he was like, dude. Like, say, dude. If he said, dude, I'd want to see a certificate. <laughs> uh, he said, fuck. <laughs> That's, yeah. And I'm like, it's bad. He goes, did you fall? And I'm like, I fell. And he's like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. You got to go back in the surgery. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I think for probably about eight months, I had a cast from my wrist to my shoulder. Oh my goodness. And bathing. And it, 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 oh. Yeah, that's a pretty one right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was, it was like dragging a plaster anvil around it. Yes. Not fun. My oldest broke his ankle, and he had to have the cast all the way up to his thigh. And oh, that was how, how old? He was 16. Uh, yeah, he was 16. It was when he played football. And some linebacker man, one of those people, blindsided him. stepped on it. Ah! And just snapped it. I had a... a I have a... One of my fingers in my hand, I had a piece of a beer bottle in the grass, and somebody had jumped off a fence and landed on my hand and punctured the beer bottle right through my hand. Yeah. The glass, ugh. I had a wine bottle break over me when I was three. <laughs> what? <laughs> when I was three. What kind of parties were you going to that you get? <laughs> Wine bottles. Isn't that sad? Like, I am the most responsible person. I'm probably the most boring person anybody ever meets. But I was three, and it was like my grandma and grandpa's anniversary. My dad bought this bottle of wine and stuck it next to me. And I was in the basket, and the basket flipped. It hit something and, like, flipped the whole basket over, and 23 stitches later. Yeah, stitches. Yeah. I prefer staples. I guess it depends on where they're sewing you up, but... And that was a long time ago. What, 33 years ago? Because I'm 36? I had a pin removed. Two of them, actually. These L-shaped stainless steel. They look like stainless steel knitting needles um, that were uh, L-shaped. I had a, a broken right hand and the heads of the wire pins that were keeping these outside of bone together um they were sticking through the top of the skin uh-huh so i'm like okay because i was under surgery for the uh, placement so i'm assuming they're gonna put daddy back to bed for the removal nope no nope. he he goes okay we're gonna take out your pins and I'm like, right now? He goes, yeah, yeah. He pulls a drawer open with some stainless steel pliers. And my heart sunk. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and one of the pins had become, like, calloused and really raw. And I'm trying to keep it clean. You got this bullet hole on the side of your hand. And it's it's become, oh. <sighs> Sorry. That's okay. It's okay. I'm just acknowledging your uh, intentions. <laughs> I'm acknowledging your thumbs. I couldn't ignore that one. <laughs> What's that from? That's a that's a different one. Those are your scalenes. Those are you have three muscles on top of your scapula. Uh huh. And those connect to your delt. They're apparently attached to my teardrop stuff. <laughs> I just cried into this pillow. That's my favorite thing ever. Ah. Joy and pain. Yeah, it's a um, humbling experience with. People start prodding in your tissue and come across these landmines <laughs> that are just paralyzingly. I've been carrying this around. Mm-hmm. I find it eating 
better helps. It does. Being on the road for so long, everything is, your whole compass becomes uh, different time changes, travel and eating long times of the day and sitting for hours and you develop these kind of hunch knots yes and uh your posture and you start to change you just start to become a troll <laughs> well i mean you shouldn't have a routine but you should if that makes any sense like you get kicked off of all routine and you never know and your body can't accept it yeah but that's the the chore is to find these anchors that Okay, if I could just do this much exercise, this kind of food for this duration of time, I can weather the storm of being on a plane for eight hours. Yes. It will make the bullet a little less painful. You know, getting after your planes, trains, and automobiles, you're, you feel spent yes. from just commuting. So I found uh, this city is a, it infor- uh, not enforces it, but helps perpetuate that kind of, uh, you know, more for vanity's sake, but health, yeah. health kind of comes along with it some part or another. Being active outdoor, a lot of people, you'll see them on these Hollywood hiking paths, full makeup. Mm-hmm. Lady, you're trying to break a sweat out here, and you've got a trowel <laughs> of shit on your face. Like, uh, it never is done. It look, everybody looks great. It, it, it's more like a, a cattle auction. Yes. Uh, but again, look where it is. Exactly. Of course, of course. And it rained today, so there's a lot of less dog shit around. Yeah, clean it up. Dog shit. Bum shit. Oh, bum shit around here. There's a street not far from where we are, and uh, there's a, a Gower and Sunset. And there's a, a series of Gower Studios. TV okay. Studios. And on the other side is some sort of uh, banking wall or some building. There's some industrial setup. Well, on the uh, studio side of the street, white walls clean. On the other side, it is District 9. <laughs> it is a, oh, a bloodbath of piss and shit. And it heats it up. Oh. And they're intense smoking bath and... Uh-huh. They collect, like, I don't know if it's a city or whatever, but there's occasionally they do some cleanup, and um, you can go harder there. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, those glutes are tight. Yeah. Um, they do occasional cleanups where you'll see that they, they've come through there and sprayed it down and removed. Because these fuckers will set up a whole living room set that they've been collecting in the night, like trash pandas. and. Mm-hmm. And piling up all of this furniture and things that they think they squirreled away for safekeeping. It's a, it's a weird state. It is. We'll just use the elbow. I'll just stick my elbow in your butt. Ugh. Mine's your customs. <laughs> they're way more aggressive. Ah, nope. They're less aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, challenge ah. accepted. Ah. <laughs> I'm trying to focus on the sentence, too, but I'll just let you... I'll stop talking. You can. Well, I've done this four times now, and almost verbatim, every person on the table, they're like, you know, you're going to have to talk right now, Joey, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. No, you're the puppet master. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to. Uh, Whatever I did, I apologize. I think you can find world peace with a series of, some people just need to relax. Yes. Some people need to get out of their own head and stop being so entitled. Ugh. It's madness. It's crazy. It's gluttonous behavior. And it's rough because I'm, I try to be like the, I mean, I try to be like my name. I'm joy. I'm happy. And it's hard. I'm like, fuck you people. Well, a lot of people, because of that disposition, will go out of their way to sabotage. Yes, and there's a lot of vampires, too, that they just suck it from me. And I'm like, all right, I can't keep giving all of it. Like, No, I've been more recluse because of uh, that. There's a lot of very good actors. I think we, that's how we kind of first started talking at the uh, patio of the comedy store, which yes. is how this all came. This is so typical of the comedy store. Right. You're having a conversation with somebody, and oh, it's uh, nice to meet you and your husband there. Oh, where are you from? Blah blah blah. My Canadian accent started to roll in there. Did you hear that? Hey, 
<laughs> did, you, did you know, or did I reveal that? You did reveal that. Okay, I think that's kind of rooted in what we were talking about a minute ago with the fake. I try and maybe hold the flag, the Canadian flag up. Go look, I'm a friendly. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're known for X, and some things are not really negative at all. Really. Mocked and hockey and named some celebrities or whatever it is, but mainly known for politeness and A's. Yes, A's. <sighs> but yeah. I just started to like relax. Good. <laughs> I know it takes a while. I'm trying to get out of my head. That's another thing, too. Your body's like, what the fuck are you doing to me? Yeah. And you, your body is super tense, so you're not going to relax until probably two hours when I'm gone, and it's like, okay, she's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a, a, a Stockholm Syndrome, is that right? <laughs> right? So the Stockholm Munchausen, what a rose. Um, Stockholm Syndrome, I think it's where you, you become, like, your captor. Yes. And you kind of fall, uh, not Florence Nightingale type stuff, but you kind of fall into the politics of it. Yeah, anyway. So when did you come here from Canada? Yeah, yeah, uh, ten years ago. Okay. Now because I'm still Canadian, uh, I'm here usually in the states six minimum of six months out of a year. Okay. And I usually spend a couple of months in Canada, and uh, usually, uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. To answer your question. <laughs> I've got a lot of things going through my head. I think I have blood in my mouth now. <laughs> but I, I, it's interesting. Um, yeah, so 10 years ago, I'd come out here, I think, fall of 2001 for my first time. I'd been doing comedy in Canada uh, five or six years. I started in 2005. Yeah, so I was doing stand-up for about six years, and I had some pretty immediate success in, in Canada as far as the big... Uh, career run. Okay. Um, I did some TV things and what have you, but the uh, New York and Los Angeles was kind of the, or was the, you know, end game as far as throwing my hat into the World Olympics of Entertainment. Right. And um, I ended up moving to England for five years while my green card paperwork, so I was on an ancestral visa. My grandfather was born in Grimsby, England, and I had a grandmother from Ireland, Cork. Okay. And uh, that uh, allowed me to gain a ancestral uh, visa to live in the UK. So it allowed me to, for five years to travel and do comedy in, I don't know, 15 countries in various forms from small villages in the north of Finland, like Lapland and Olu, to. Uh, TV show in Russia, Africa, at a fucking thousand seat casino gig in front of a thousand black people. Like it just brought me all over. I wanted to get a, a broader perspective on the world before I took all that to Hollywood or New York. Okay. And it has done nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, brought, I went and experienced all this culture. No one wants to hear about it. Uh, but what I do, uh, probably about a third of my career is in Europe, so I could be a little more worldly, I guess. Okay. Um, and I tend to be a little more uh, malicious. I have a spite towards the audiences here. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, because these types of people that we were kind of outlining... These are the people who sit in the front row of my fuck shows <laughs> and get on their fucking phones and Snapchat their stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And I am a lunatic. So I make somebody cry. They go to the manager and the manager sides with Mrs. Shit Lips and her dumb boyfriend. Right. Uh, but that's what it is. But then New York, the West Coast, it's a typical East Coast, West Coast thing where you... Uh, People in uh, like New York and London, where these cities are a little densely populated, have more of a longer history of live entertainment in the, in the uh, arts and things like that, or tend to be a little more, they'll test you. Right. But at the same time, they'll, uh, if you can bring it, 
they'll uh, they'll give you the respect. Right, they'll accept you and bring you in. Yeah, nobody wants respect here. They want they status want. at all costs. They want the attention. They're sick. That's the and I'm here to drown all those babies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I watched that clip that you sent me. and. Yeah, I figured I'd start at the top. And if you were still curious or uh, serious, um, that would be... Uh, a wor- almost a worst case scenario for somebody who is conservative <laughs> or mildly uh, uptight. Yeah, I could see that. But it's... I'm not, I was even having the uh, ideas of what you would find humorous about, but I, you seem genuine enough to at least give it a, a whirl. Well, see, my favorite thing is my absolute favorite thing is when I get on stage people are like oh look it's the chunky fat chick and she's just gonna say silly things and make us giggle and then I open my mouth and some of the crudest things will pop out and they're like wait no no we weren't expecting and that's well that's because you know and I run my there's stereotypical politics that go with people's physical appearance yes and because it's fashionable to you know the beard and the glasses or you know these kind of hipster kind of things that just because you happen to dress or carry some of those traits that you automatically involve your politics in that tribe right and it's not cool no it's not (laughs) but you know that is the uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of those uh, hurdles. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, but he, I run into it in a different perspective where people know or aware of what I do and take license to kind of approach me in a certain way. Okay. I can see that. And, uh, it, 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 you know, the... That's why I try and go out with psychos. <laughs> Those are fun. Yeah, Until you realize they're psycho. Well, I have some, like, friends that are, um, let's say, live on the fringes of society. Okay. So if you get, like, goofy, like, vampiric people, mm-hmm. they're immediately identified and uh, exiled very quickly through uh, sometimes violence. Okay. <laughs> um, you know... Yeah. I don't know. I like not, you know, I like being so diverse that people are like, who the fuck are you? Exactly. And that's a part of you. are not the same person you were, you know, a year ago. No. And that is, is I used to be really, really introverted because, you know, I was dating an abusive asshole. Uh-huh. And then I think, honestly, within the last five four or five years is when I started being like, okay, I know what I want to do. And it sucks because I'm old and I'm like going to die tomorrow. And I'm like, God damn it. Why didn't I figure this out sooner? No, but that's not a, that's your own clock. You've, you've made, made this up. Like there's no, this is a, a marathon. Yes. You know, it's not a race. And it's fun. It's, you know. Enjoy the journey. And, you know, I'll tell you from, just my experience in the last gee, 20 years that I've been doing comedy, I've met some of the most and worked with some of the most interesting, exciting artists and people from all around the world. There's been some complete messes in the middle of all that, but I have no regrets. I've never lived a pretty Trump life comparison. Right. I mean, I want to say I regret like dropping out of college and moving to Texas. But my first three books were based on him. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, I'm like, all right. No, well, that's the thing. You, lemons, lemonade. Right. Right. These are all, this is all fodder that will make your comedy great. You know, Roseanne Barr, her whole show, and it was so, it brought people to interview her and her ex-husband about just general conflicts in the family. These outlined of these Emmy award winning TV shows. So, these things that are, you know, you might want to cross off are probably the things that you should be focusing on. Focusing on. That, yeah. Like, I've tried. I've sat down and I'm like, okay, what can, how can I twist this? No, you just write a story on a page and then you start to highlight things that are key in the story and that you might think that might 
end up in something funny, cross off the other shit off the back of it. Right. And get a general bullet point idea for that line and go up and riff it, run with it, try and stay within the beats you've created, but also be present in the room. Right. Record it. I'm, I'm only doing this because I'm in the middle of uh, recording my hour special in Denmark in December. Awesome. So I'm fine-tuning my process um, that I use to cut all my bullshit out of my life. Okay. <laughs> As you can see on the wall, there's a bit of a, a system in place um, in, in the early stages of how I kind of develop the hours. and All the boxes have to be checked and eyes have to be dotted. Okay. Um, and it just... Folding it over and over till it's like a sword. Right. But the framework of it um, is based on time, and um, each box is a minute, and there's 60 boxes, and there's 10 minutes on each box. Every 20 minutes is a act break, so there's three acts. Okay. Uh, 20 minutes in each act, and there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, all within the beginning and the middle of the end, uh, 60 times. Okay. That's like the, the grid that I use. It's kind of like a screen. Actually, you know what? It's a screen. <laughs> and you know when you sift things at the beach? Uh-huh. It all has the stuff that sticks at the top of the screen. Uh-huh. That's the stuff. Okay. Yeah. The other stuff's bullshit. The other people's toenails and fucking bad, bad punctuation. You know, <laughs> so that... Um, is there's no uh, this, the, the framework will not lie as far as time right but the the soul has to be quilted all through that for me no I get that so will this be your first hour special no this is gonna be let's see my this is my second hour special there's been HBO performance and some showtime stuff and various things uh Various things in other countries, but this is my uh, big, big thing. This is my favorite baby so far. Okay, I like that. Yeah, this baby's gonna be spectacular. Horribly disfigured. <laughs> well, they should be. It's gonna be full Rocky Dennis, this baby, and I'm gonna kiss him right on his forehead and tell him I love him. <laughs> I don't care if everybody pees on him. That's funny because normally the babies pee on you. They do, but I am not paying the prices that they are charging now for baby <laughs> piss. And these kids are cheating. They eat a lot of asparagus and that oh. Gerber's baby piss spray. I don't know. Oh, there you go. That's how you get me a shot. A lot of people <laughs> would be love to know where these buttons are that paralyze me. <laughs> the stop buttons. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Pushing behind his shoulder. Watch his eye well up. <laughs> when his lip starts to twitch, you know yeah. you're not there. Why is my ass so sore? <laughs> I've tried to do a stretch to open all that up. I don't know if I hold things in. I don't know. Well, you have to think. Okay, so this is your center. Yeah. Everything hinges off of this. And I know. It, the glutes are it's funny because people are like no 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 don't touch my glutes and then i'll just do like this stick my fist in it and they're like oh shit that's sore uh-huh. and i'm like yeah this is like your center of gravity this is where you go and when you are doing anything you're sitting down you're standing this is the thing that holds it now whether or not you want to put your stress on your shoulders or not some people like to do that like my shoulders are always behind my ears uh-huh. because i just always it's weird you can't see this at home but you're just pushing my hip uh from one side and it it feels like my whole side of my body feels like oh Mm -hmm. and it's it's a stress reliever this is my favorite part in massage school i'm like will you touch my ass some more i had some ex-girlfriends take their elbows oh yeah and Happens. Yeah. I'm looking for a chick with bony elbows <laughs> and no feet. I want stump back massages. Okay, that's different. Uh, there's a market out there for that. I believe it. Jeez. I completely believe it because there's people will come in that room oh. and ask weird ass things. I'm like, no, 
Because I work at a chiropractor's office. And that's pretty straight, though, right? That's pretty, like, that's as clinical as you're going to get for back, right? And we try. I mean, I do full body. People get completely nude. Uh-huh. I've been doing it for 11 years in July. And 11 years? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you got some hours under your belt. And there's just a few. That's crazy, right? And you figure the amount of, like, skin. Yes. Like, no one has that. Unless you're a Walmart greeter <laughs> and you can shake everybody's hand. You're never going to run into that kind of people. No. And I actually was going to school for physical therapy, and massage therapy was just going to be like a short little, I'll go over here and do this real quick. And yeah, that didn't happen the way I wanted it to. And then everybody's like, oh, you need to go back to school. And I'm like, yeah, but. I'm trying to do the comedy. I'm yeah, doing no, the books. don't listen to anybody. Yeah, it's just it's but not anymore. But you're also talking to a guy who has a roommate and a kiss pinball machine. Oh my god! Did you want? Did you say you wanted to play that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I used to hustle people when I was little for pinball for pinball for candy because like, my parents owned their own business. They owned like well, it was arcade. No, it was weird. So like one half of the shop with small engines so weed eaters lawnmowers anything like that and then the other half of the shop was bait and tackle and uh-huh. they have like candy and drinks and just ice it sounds chips. like canada like it sounds like canada in the 70s and early 80s like I, i've been to those places right and then at one point like we started selling wood burning stoves like we had everything yeah. i'll get the uh box of night crawlers and the cherry cola please exactly I was the kid also that would have to open and dump the night crawlers so that people could see that they were alive. I know. And then stuff them back in the styrofoam thing. Like, Those I kids that live there. Yeah. And no offense, are weird. I am weird. Like, nature is, it's so a matter of fact for that type of lifestyle. Uh-huh. Then with city folks, cause how many times do you come in there and people, oh, I'm not fishing, and they can't handle the horror of, Yes, and I'd have to go get the minnows because we have a minnow tank in the back of the shop. A four-year-old girl hooking worms for a bunch of, you know, jocks from the city. Oh, right. Yeah. And then, but my dad was, he loved pinball, so he got a pinball machine. And I would sit there and these guys would come in and I'd be like, hey, I'll play you pinball. And if you lose, you have to buy me candy. And they're looking at me, this ragamuffin. I just never knew how to dress. I never brushed my hair. Still don't. Uh-huh. And they'd be like, oh, all right, little girl. And I would kick their asses to the point where my mom's like, Joy Eileen, you have to stop. And I'm like, but, but mom. And she's like, you Entrepreneur. Have to <laughs> well, but you know, the other kids, they didn't apply any skill to prosper. Right. You had a legitimate talent. You weren't tricking anybody. No. You were, they were just like, oh, I got this. I'll put this to a world's money. <laughs> right? I was just that weirdo. I mean, Candy, like. Candy, though, what was your top three? What, you, well, give me a year and your three favorites. Oh, my God. That's hard. <sighs> probably. I started doing this probably when I was like eight or nine. So that would have been what, 89, 90. That's a good year for Candy. And it was a good year for Candy. But I'm always, I don't know, I was like kind of boring. It was always like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Oh, I had marijuana once. A friend of mine had gotten from an individual in Vegas. And they were twice as big and they were fucking strong. <laughs> so I'm freaking out because I love starting to cut you off. No, here, you Because I had some chocolate edible before and now I've got the bunchies. <laughs> and now you brought a Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and I'm having like this total flashback to this one cup I ate. <laughs> anyway, now I'm drooling on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's on my feet. Oh. Which wouldn't be the first time. You have people drool on your feet. I had snot, drool. Uh... All the toxins. And some people are just, you know, slack-jawed. Uh-huh. They start going to sleep. But you know, weird fact about me. I mean, I really am ridiculously straight-laced. I've never done drugs. That's cool. It's weird. I know. You want to hear something weird? Yes. I've never driven a car in my life. No! That is the truth. That is awesome. 
that makes me feel better. I didn't get my license until I was 18. Yeah. And then I flipped a car when I was 19. See, I, the first, you know, when I was getting ready to move to L.A., and it was like, you're going to need a car? You're fucked if you don't have a car. And I was the first few years, but once Uber came into play, I was cabbing, but the cabs were, uh, you know, all within Hollywood. Uh-huh. So it wasn't too bad. It was, it, I had to kind of be a little more selective, but once Uber came into effect, it really, uh, it just, well, brought down my cost. It was such a significantly less stressful thing. See, I've never done an Uber either. Oh! I make John take me, at, you know, it's funny, because I make John take me everywhere. Oh. I drive that poor man. So, <laughs> like, he's going to leave me soon. He's going to be like, okay, I can't anymore. And I'm going to be like, I understand. Uh, does, he, does he like the road? He does. Yeah, that makes a difference. He used to professionally race go-karts. Uh, I broke two ribs on go-karts. I was going to mention that. <laughs> that was the last thing I drove. Oh, my God. Hamilton Mountain go-karts. I remember they were black, and I had Taco Bell, and I hit the guardrail. And threw up Taco Bell. I went and ate, what was this? Six tacos in a box or something. It looks like a litter box. Uh huh. And, uh, smack, yeah, busted my ribs. That was like 93. I don't think I've ever broken a bone. No drugs, ever. No. Wild. I know. Jeez, you're gonna get a contact high despite touching me. <laughs> like, the amount of things, of, considering my age and what you know but i always try to offset everything with uh diet some exercise try you know i think the traveling helped keep me moving but right uh the uh oh, that's what <laughs> now i'm just like the consummate good girl and it sucks <laughs> now you're not missing anything but then, unpredictable oh sorry <laughs> that's a weird one what is that that's just your, that's still your um, scapula. Is there, it feels like there's something, I don't know, the weird one. It's just tight, because all this, I keep trying to pull it all down. Is it, pull, am I pulling it, my shoulder, yeah? Yeah, your shoulders will go up. Like, I keep pulling them down, and then they keep creeping right back up. Really? Uh-huh. Like, doing this? Uh-huh. But that makes sense, too, because you're, you know, you're getting attacked right now. Your body's like, why are we not running? Like, why are we yeah. laying here still and letting this girl stick her thumbs in me? Uh-huh. Yeah. So your body is like, it's on the defense right now. And when I leave, it'll be like, okay, don't call her again. I think my body's on the defense in general. I'm always... <laughs> it's just like, come on. If I can walk around with, like, I don't know, a clear plastic bag full of rattlesnakes. Yes. Just to get around the city to keep a safe distance from the animals. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. I think I'm the only one at the beach in black in this town. Yeah, I don't go to the beach. I would be the one in like, black and white. And you're like, oh, an orca! Oh, yeah, fine. Uh, Alright, gotcha. <laughs> I usually just shit in my hand and start throwing it at people at picnics. Oh, okay. Dressed as a chimp. Nice. <laughs> That'll work. That's what my kids do, but that's how they think they're going to meet a girl. So. Throw their shit around? Mm-hmm. Is there an app for that? Probably. If not, there will be. Shit thrower. Yeah, because at one point, like, when or if, whatever, whatever this podcast decides to do, I want to start doing it where it's live, too, so people can watch it. And oh, totally. You could do it on stage at a comedy club. That, I've told people, that's my first hour special, is pulling somebody out of the audience and being like, all right, get on the table. Let's see what I can get from you. Uh, uh, we, we can talk about this now, but do you know what the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is? No. Okay. It's the biggest arts festival in the world, and it runs a whole month of August in Scotland, in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Okay. Not Edinburgh. Edinburgh, they get pissed when you fuck the Scots. Uh-huh. We'll fuck you up. I have a Scott friend. There, I like Scots. I like Welsh people. I like people of the But the, uh, fuck, what was I talking about? The arts festival. Oh, you do a one-hour show and in a small theater. This is, I'm terribly, I'm so distracted. You try <laughs> to describe this articulately and I'm just dead. 
This is perfect. This is I love this. Uh, but go to check out just Google the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Okay. But I think with a little bit of road work and some consistency, practice, uh-huh. stage time, and getting into a comedy club at least, you know, a half a dozen times a year outside of California. Uh-huh. That you could put together a good one hour show where I think this whole format people would come. Really? Not only that, with a random selection from a patron, mm-hmm. you know, you give all the disclaimer that this is the premise of the show. We're going to pull a name and somebody's going to come up and I'm going to spend the next 60 minutes going through my show and where you can use them as your Ed McMahon where they have to more or less be present. Uh-huh. And uh, you are on two planes between your performance to the audience and the work that you're doing with your hands. It's an interesting kind of figure eight. Right. That's how the whole comedy started is I was massaging Derek Mears, who he's been in a bunch of movies. He's like Jason in the last Friday the 13th. Oh, cool. And he was my very first professional massage. Uh-huh. Is he a large man? Yes. His feet were hanging off the table. I walked in, and I go, what the fuck am I supposed to do with you? And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get fired. And he's laughing, and we were just having such a your first? Time. He was my very first professional Jesus. Was everyone afraid, or are they just, he's just a lot of beat? He was, you know, he just walked in at the right time. And my doctor was like, hey, we just hired this new girl. And I was like, when you're 24? And he's like, what do you think? And Derek's like, I'll get on the table for her. And he got on the table. Isn't that like a two-person job? <laughs> it seemed like it. Like, I know when people get large back tattoos, and sometimes they'll bring in somebody for shading and what have you, but to have the band handle, I can't even imagine what the guy weighs. He's, he's over six foot. Yeah, he looks like Mr. Clean. Like, Mr. Clean walked out of the TV, okay. or, and he's huge. Yeah. And then I started going over to his house, mm-hmm. and I massage him at his house now, and we just have the most fun, and he was like, okay, I'm getting you in touch with the guy I did stand-up class with. Mm-hmm. And I took two classes with Tom, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And how long ago was that? That was, I was, oh, when did I do it? Like three years ago? Okay. But then I did stand up for the first time five years ago. No, four or five years ago. Whoa. But it was five minutes at the Ha Ha Club for $5. Yeah. And then I didn't do it for two years. See, that's a problem is that this is you picked almost the worst place in the world. I know, I've heard. You know, there's some anomalies. That it's not impossible, but there's so much white noise around that. It's very hard for you to, because you're being told what to do all the time by people who don't have a, mind their own business. Yes, and I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to have to start to learn to partition some of that off because don't give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. Just kind of, I, 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 again, I'm like, the worst. <laughs> but see, I don't know, like, writing is more my passion, like the so, I don't know. Like, well, that, that don't, don't partition it up. It's, it's the symbiotic, it the is. former writer. So, the writing is just the same place to hide. Why don't you take your good writing and put it in front of a group of people who are actually going to give you a genuine response? Because people are mean. People are mean. <laughs> the fact that you're here, my whole onstage, like, is, I'm mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of the meanest, but uh, there you go. <laughs> the shoulder. Are you right-handed or right-handed? Right? You know, with the after the arm break, uh-huh. I became ambidextrous in some weird way. There's certain things, tasks that are used with my left, but uh, the majority, the right, depending on what it is, but yeah. No, I get that because my, even when I'm working out, which is weird, my left hand is stronger. I can lift more heavy with my left hand, and I'm right-handed. Yeah, I found that, like, a chin-up, or something that elongates you easily. Uh-huh. But I think between the thick wallet I have in my back pocket and the 
probably five degrees that I've lost off my um, extension of my right arm. Uh huh. There's probably some alignment issues. Yes. Which is contributing to this shoulder and ass pain shit. But yeah, even like when I do, let's just say I do a snatch, the left arm will be up before the right arm. Uh huh. Yeah. The muscle memory and mm-hmm. all that. I think my right arm I use more for fine-tuning, and then my left arm is more like elbow, it's my muscle. Yeah, I think... That was a good one. (laughs) Your IT band. Yeah, Yeah, this is an asshole. This is something you should roll out. You should roll that out? Yes. Yeah. Because that contributes to a lot. The IT band is an awful, awful thing. From my knee to my hip? Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's from your iliotibial, it's IT. And it's bad, what, if I don't? If you don't, because it gets really, really tight. Okay. It, you can cuss me out. If you want, you can text me and call me while you're doing it. No. You would not be the first person and be like, fuck you, Joy. No, I've got a bit of a, oh, oh, shit. Yep. Um, uh, a ball. Yes, okay. And... I haven't used it as much as I should, but I've been doing really long stretches. And I'm trying to get I mean, long, there's, longer. There's a couple stretches that are good for the IT band, but really rolling it out is going to break it up. <sighs> That's a weird one. I thought my... Uh, mm-hmm. those, uh, <sighs> this is where Fuck You Joy normally comes in. Uh, I don't take it personal. I don't like you. I'm flattered that... Uh, is that from like climbing stairs? It could be from. Or am I dying? <laughs> no, it's normally from a combination because everybody's like, what do I need to stop for this to stop hurting? And I'm like, living. Because normally it's walking, climbing stairs, yeah. standing, sitting, being at a computer, uh, the way you sleep. It's, yeah. It's, you can't really pinpoint it to one thing. I've been sitting on a, a yoga ball at my oh, that's good. little desk. Yeah. That's good. I found. The slouching was killing my uh, shoulders. That's um, also good for your cockpit and your sacrum. Uh-huh. Like right here, because when you're sitting, this starts to compress down. But when you have that yoga ball, it allows it to stay spaced. Yeah. That's my nerve Try, coming out. One of my fears is the old man head that troubles down to your waistline uh-huh. and your spine. I can't even imagine what their x-rays look like. Oh, they're fantastic. They must look like like melting taffy. Well, it's just curvature of the spine. Mm-hmm. Spine bifida. Well, you start losing all of the padding in between uh, your spine, so everything starts compacting, and then it wears out evenly. Mm-hmm. And the tissue in between the vertebrae starts to break down. Yeah. Oh man! Then you get a rod. And then these muscles right here start compressing in, and like. Converging uh, together. Is that you kind of fold in on yourself? Uh-huh. And you lose your muscle, like your muscle can't hold you up anymore because you have paraspinals that run all the way up your spine. And if those get weak, you're not going to sit up straight. And that's why posture is such a. It's something you really need to pay attention to, but none of us do. You know what, too? It does affect your brain. Yes, it does. Very much. I find that once I'm just focusing on more of my core and, and just my skeleton especially uh... I mean I hate to say it but the core is I mean it's so cliche but the core is really 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 important your digestion and your, your blood circulation and all that stuff mm-hmm. weird. and by having a strong core your muscles work correctly because you start comp- if you have a weak core your body starts compensating yeah. for it so yeah it's a weird one it is yeah you just kind of throw your limbs around and figure that it'll work into itself yep totally yeah exactly and then if you're in pain or something is off your whole body starts compensating and then that side that's compensating for the side that's really hurt is the one that um actually starts hurting more. Nerve damage. Yeah. All that other fun stuff. Well, look at you. You survived almost an hour with me. Yeah. I swear I need to start making t-shirts. I survived an hour with Yeah. It, it's just a fist. 
Right. And that's the thing, right? What is that? Some gang? No, it's crazy lady. She makes you cry on the table. What? This is my elbow. My elbow is pain. You know, people are like, do you sharpen that thing? Yeah. That's all I do. How do you find it getting on stage in the city? And, you know, I just really, really started. I mean, last year, I maybe had some breaks. Well, I do reckon this is your last break. Yeah. This is your last break. I've been doing good, like, Wednesdays, because Thursdays are my day off. I mean, it's sad. I get off work at 8 o'clock. You've got a handful, you know. Yeah. How many children do you have? Three boys. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Holy shit. You should have seen John. He's like, wait, you're going to Hollywood? And I'm like, yeah, he gets every other Friday off. And he's like, I'll take you. I'm like, I'm fine. And he's like, no, 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 I'll take you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he wants to get out of prison, too. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, we'll go out. Maybe we'll go to the store. I'm like, whatever. That's fine. My friend, who I grew up with, six brothers and sisters. Nope. Right? Oh, my God. His house was at a state asylum. The kids were all taken care of. The parents were great. But he goes, look at my dad. Yeah. And I go, what? He goes, he's smiling. He goes, you know why he's smiling? <laughs> and he goes, he's going to work. Yep. He's there, and he goes, he's, and he rides his bike to work. He's a steel worker. And he rides his uh, bicycle to work at like 6 in the morning. Yep. And loved it. <laughs> I don't blame I get it. It's hard. Yeah. It's crazy. Seven kids. <sighs> I, You know what? I wasn't even supposed to be able to have kids. Oh, uh, I've heard that one before. And, um, yeah, I actually cussed the doctor out. Because I thought I was, I thought I had ulcers. Uh-huh. And she was like, no, you're pregnant. And I'm all, fuck you. And she's like. How long were you pregnant? I was almost in my second trimester. That's a great one, by the way, what you're doing. That's cool. Yes. <sighs> but, um, yeah. And then John was going through this horrible custody battle with our oldest, with his crazy fucking ex-wife. Uh. And um, I had to come home and I'm like, hey, um. Remember how I told you I couldn't get pregnant and I'm on birth control? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, you guys seem happy. He obviously reacted well. He, no. No? <laughs> no. What's this your, did you, he have children previous? We had my old, well, he had our oldest. <sighs> yeah, we had the oldest and then my middle is my first kid. And then our youngest is my second kid, but I have three. So. I have two nieces who I just be the cool. Oh, that's so funny. Um, that's bad. <laughs> All right, you survived. Do you want to plug anything? Do you? I mean, I don't know when this is going to go out, honestly. So, any social media, anything like that? Oh, uh, um. Should I just stop touching you for a minute? Oh, um, you can follow me on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can just Google Jason Rouse, R-O-U-S-E. There's plenty of videos and social media horseshit and fan pages and all that crap. But, uh, yeah, my comedy's uh, very uh, distinct. (laughs) Some people might say it just stinks. Oh, they're silly. They are silly. People don't understand. But you know what? I need silly people around to show me who the smart ones are. That's true. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. And I hope you're nice and relaxed now. I feel great. <laughs> this blanket of laying on is uh, coming to my tears of joy. That's amazing. I love it.